to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Ah, good morning to you. What a beautiful Wednesday it is out there. A little hazy outside, but the sun will burn it off. We'll be fine. Told there were some controlled burns in the air. Probably the reason for the smoke in the air. Uh, got on the line today. Actually, we got two guests coming up. Don Willie right now, and in a little while, Brett Pruitt will join me on the program. Uh, let's welcome Don in. Don via the telephone. Good morning, Don. Morning, Andy. What's the good word on your end of the world, my friend? Well, it's a legislative session, so I don't know if we can say good, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we can talk about that today. We, you know, I've, I've heard the phrase, and I used to work on the Hill and worked for the governor, Governor Herbert. And uh, I've heard the phrase, you know, these are the scariest 45 days in Utah every year. And some <laughs> days I believe that, and some days I'm I'm much more optimistic. So, <laughs> Yeah, you never know what kind of new law is going to sneak through. Fortunately, I mean, you know, people are there representing us, uh, you know, congressmen, and and uh, try, trying to keep an eye in, in case something, you know, kind of weird does uh, come up, but uh, what what would be? And now you went up there, right? You you were up there last this last week. We we were. We did our St. George Area Chamber of Commerce Day on the Hill, where we took uh, board members uh, and leaders in the chamber up on the hill. Met with every member of our Sunshine Caucus, our delegation here from Southern Utah, um, and were able to advocate for our businesses here in the area. You say advocate for our businesses. What what does that entail? What what was the goal then? Uh, besides advocating, what, what does that mean, and what was the goal when, when you went up there? Yeah, so every every year we prep for the legislative session long before we held uh, our, uh, our review um, earlier uh, in January where we talked about what upcoming legislation was looking like. And we don't know, you know, right before the session starts, there are things we don't know are going to come out. We don't know certain bills. We don't know um, contents and, or, or what certain legislators may be trying to tackle um and so it's a very active process uh we've got our team working on it we're reviewing these bills as they're introduced as they go to a committee as they're debated on the house or senate floors um and ultimately passed or 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 defeated and so you know we we have gosh probably 80 bills or so that we're watching this session and that's a small number in comparison you know every every session we have over a thousand bills now that's just that's just expected um, so we're watching, you know, maybe 10% of the bills that are going through, um, really just focusing on the ones that pertain to our businesses and our way of life here in southern Utah. Are there, are there unintended consequences in some of this legislation, or does it directly impact businesses negatively or in a positive way? So it's, it's fighting for and against uh, certain policies uh, on behalf of our businesses. When I came here, Don, in the 90s, early 90s, there was a, a real palpable feeling in St. George and Washington County that, uh, yes, we were in Utah, but the Wasatch Front didn't didn't think much about southern Utah. It was just the place they went to vacation occasionally. Has that gone away? I know you going up there is is to, to kind of help battle that feeling as well. Yeah, in the, in the past, our, our chamber has been active in the session, but primarily, um, you know, you go up once or twice and, and not engage too much beyond that, maybe a letter or two. Yeah. Um, with the background of our team, myself, uh, Jordan Hess, who's our VP of Member Services, 
uh, we both have legislative and executive experience uh, in government. And so um, it's easy for us to engage and have a pretty big say. So, I mean, we've got a, we've got a, the A-team working on behalf of our businesses up in, during the session. Um, and I do think that things have changed. You know, part of it's representation of being present um, of uh, on our end. But the other side of that is that we have some pretty powerful legislators uh, that – um, in, in legislative leadership are from Southern Utah. Yeah. And so you look at um, Senator Ipsen um, and Brad Last and, and, and Lowry Snow, Walt, I mean, we're, we're talking about legislators who are not just uh, representing us, but are on uh, key committees. Um, you know, with Brad chairing the Appropriations Committee, uh, just across the board, we have a really powerful delegation. And so we, we punch above our weight right now. Um, that could change. You know, we have We've got rumors that a representative last night might not be running again. Uh, Lowry Snow has already announced that he is not seeking another term. Um, and so we, we, we do have some concerns uh, with some of the turnover, but also excited for new leadership that will come in and, and represent this community. Now, Don, you lived up on the Wasatch Front. Um, is it possible that, that the, the reverse problem could be happening? If we have leadership from St. George who have – maybe never lived on the Wasatch Front, it might be hard for them to have some perspective of that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying uh, we, we can actually go the other way with it a little bit, perhaps. Yeah, I think absolutely. And and that's the danger, you know, of, of kind of that single-track mind. But I, I'm confident that those that we elect are able to um, see a broader picture. And, you know, when, when these individual legislators become a body, and, and that's exactly why it was designed, the way it was at the state level, at the federal level as well. Yeah. When these individuals have the opportunity to be part of a body, I mean, they're representing their constituents. They're not representing uh, everyone. They're just representing their district. And so um, it is a single voice, and they're doing, I think, I believe they're doing the best to represent their constituents, um, but they are one of that entire body. And that's the beauty of it, is it provides the opportunity for debate um, and to poke holes in ideas and and uh, to think through some of those unintended consequences and ultimately to, to pass the best legislation possible. You talked about there being about 80 bills or so that you're following uh, as the chamber leadership. Obviously, we don't have time to talk about all 80 bills, but are there a couple, two or three uh, that, that you're excited about and then maybe on the other side, two or three that you're a little bit worried about? Yeah, uh, we're excited about a new bill that was just released yesterday by Representative Spenlove uh, that creates uh, an innovation center um, that will, will drive economic innovation uh, and opportunity in the state of Utah. And that's going to be housed uh, through um, in the system of higher education in partnership with the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity. And we think it's a really strong step forward in cultivating the, in the uh, innovation economy in the state. You know, we've seen our economy explode over the years. We're just really seeing the takeoff here in the innovation economy. You know, I, I moved down here to start Innovation Plaza at Dixie State, and I think that, well, I wouldn't say that that was the beginning of it. I think that that was a, 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 a key in, uh, piece to building the ecosystem for it to thrive. Uh, but you look at what's happening on Tech Ridge, you look at some of these developments um, over by Desert Color on the way to the airport, uh, you know, the expansion of Dixie State's campus, the growth of Dixie Tech, and and so I think that that office is actually going to really propel um, that economy forward here in a meaningful way, right? Not in a haphazard, but in a, a strategic way. Um, and so that's really positive. We've also supported um, some healthcare amendments that protect 
um, our healthcare workers. You know, we saw a spike in um, in violence. Uh, you know, with with the heightened tensions with COVID, um, healthcare workers uh, were were experiencing um, uh, some higher than than usual uh, aggression uh, on the work front, and so. Uh, we supported a bill that um, protects them, uh, provides more protections for our healthcare workers. Um, and, the, you know, that we've had the question, you know, is that, should the chamber get involved in that? Um, and we always weigh very carefully what we do get involved in um, and what we stay out of. But ultimately, you know, we, we think of our members, we think of the community at large and what, what should the chamber be doing uh, to propel this community forward. And so uh, we weigh that very, very much. We never take a political stance on anything. Uh, it all comes down to policy and, and what that impact is. Um, so those those are two of many that we've been uh, advocating for. One that we've been really concerned about and and continue to be concerned about is the vaccine passport um, uh, ban, which uh, essentially tells businesses that they're not able uh, to ask vaccination status, uh, and there, it, it creates a it did initially create a protected class, and that since has gone away. Um, it's it's run by Representative Walt Brooks, so you know we never like to to be on the opposing side of of one of our own legislators. Um, and we've had some great conversations, but our main concern um, really comes down to the principle of the matter, and that's um, respecting businesses' rights. I mean, we're talking about private businesses, yeah. private property, um, and the ability for a business to govern their business. And if they want to ask or or say, you know, you can't come into my my business unless you've been vaccinated, or you need to show proof of vaccination, uh, we believe the business should have that right. Do we agree with that concept of, of doing that? We don't really care. I mean, that's not the stance of the, of the chamber to, to weigh in on that. We're concerned about an overreach of our state government set, telling businesses what they can and can't do and pushing back and saying, look, we need to think through this. And, and this opens a, a, a door that maybe we can't shut, right? The box we can't close, the, the mm. slippery slope, so to speak. Um, and so what's next, right? How, how does this, I mean, does this begin a, a slope where Utah erodes its business-friendly environment? I mean, those are all really big concerns for us. Um, and so we're watching that bill, and, and we've advocated um, uh, against that, that legislation. I had a, a guest on the other day that said almost exactly what you're saying. It's not that we're against what you know, whatever whatever this bill is talking about. It's that we're against you know the government telling the business what and how to do yeah. its business. And and that, like you said, we we open that Pandora's box, and it may never close. And and that's definitely a concern. And it should be for all of us Americans who love freedom. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it, it, as we look at Utah, and, and the reason we've been able to be so successful and grow in the way that we have over the last really two decades is because we've cultivated an environment where businesses can make those decisions for themselves. You know, they don't need to be micromanaged. They don't need to. They don't need to be told what to do. The free market forces are going to do that, right? And if and we've seen that over the last year with vaccine requirements for employees. Uh, for businesses. So we just say, let the businesses decide. And, you know, they're, they're going to make a decision um, initially, and, and the, those market forces are going to either reward them or punish them. And then they can adjust and pivot as they see fit. But we just don't want to see that those principles that created this robust economy erode simply for, you know, whatever that, those, those personal reasons or, or conversations may be. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I have a friend who is a local business owner, 
And uh, he doesn't believe there should be a, a minimum wage. He said, look, I'll pay workers enough, whatever it takes to get them to come and work. And if they have certain skills, I'll pay them more to get them to stay and work for me. He says, I don't need the government telling me what to pay these people. The market will tell me what to pay these people. So uh, I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with you, Don, in that, uh, you know, I, I just I hope and pray that government stays out of uh, local business. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, just to that point, did we ever think that there would be a time that uh, we'd be paying uh, fast food workers, you know, 20 bucks an hour, Yeah, right? Yeah. Did we ever think that'd be the case, but that's the free market doing its thing. Yeah. My daughter, uh, she lives up uh, in Cedar City, uh, makes $12 an hour at a fast food joint. And if she stays a week, she gets an extra 100 two weeks, 200 three weeks, 300 If she stays a full month, wow. they give her an extra 400 So that's, what is that, 1000 bucks if she stays because wow. they've had a pro- problem retaining employees. You know, I mean, if you make $12 here and in the other places, I'll give you $14, you are going to go, right? So it's crazy. But you're right. It's free market, and uh, we may not like it. I mean, I, I graduated from college. My first job was five fifty an hour. I thought I was king of the world. <laughs> you, know? you were making a lot. I know. I was a rich man. I, I, in fact, I went in and asked for a raise to five seventy five so I could get into a house, which we wanted to buy a house that was like sixty nine thousand dollars or something like that. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, those, those <laughs> were the days. Those days, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so state legislature. I'm I'm curious when you have these. You mentioned they have maybe a thousand bills out there. Is there some sort of I don't know, catalog, synopsis thing you can go through and say, okay, we want to look closer at this one and this one and this one and this one because uh, I've never been up to the legislature and, and watched the process. Uh, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great um, experience. And um, we this year was the first year that we, we crafted this day on the Hill. Next year we actually have the rotunda of the Capitol reserved. Um, oh, wow. And we're going to do a bigger day on the hill for our community. We're going to take uh, local businesses up and, and showcase products that are made in southern Utah. We're going to showcase, you know, goodies. We'll give away um, some of our, our awesome cookies that are made here, right? We're known for our cookies. We're known for yeah. our drinks. So so we're planning a big day for next year. So we, we look forward to that and would invite you and anyone uh, to join us for that. Uh, but in terms of following and, and getting more engaged, Everything has, has gone digital. So, I mean, for us, that's great in southern Utah. We don't have to be on the hill necessarily. It's a great experience. Hmm. But you can watch all these committee hearings online. And so anyone can tune in at le.utah.gov, le.utah.gov. Mm-hmm. And you can track all of the bills there. You can actually create an account, and you can select all the bills that you want updates on. And it will automatically ping you. It will send you an email and let you know, hey, this bill has been introduced in committee, or, hey, it's passed the House, hey, it's been signed by the governor and so you can actually sign up and get those notifications so that way you're tracking that process and so when it does go to committee if it's a bill that you are for or against you can actually jump online and you can testify for or against that bill so it's really made the process um, easy to engage in um, especially for us in, in southern utah we don't have to drive up we don't you know you're you're not worried about oh i've got to get up for that committee hearing tomorrow and then the bill doesn't even get introduced. Um, we now can just jump online and we can uh, have that that feedback from our residents uh, on those bills. So le.utah.gov is where all that information is. That is that is very cool. Yeah, you can be involved from right here in your own own living. I know a lot of people have chosen to work from home. Now you can choose yeah. to be involved in government right from home. That's very cool. 
<laughs> exactly. Hey, awesome. Today, really today's state of Washington City address by Mayor Chris Staley over there at, uh, is it, what do we call it, Cottontown Village or something like that over yep. there? Yep, the, the dance, dance, dance hall at Cottontown Village. Sponsored by, of course, the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you had, was it Ivan's last week, I believe, and, and uh, Washington this week, Santa Clara next week? Yep, so we, this is where we've hit our February state of the cities where we are rotating between all of our area cities. The St. George uh, state of the city uh, happened uh, with the uh, Transportation Expo, um, so we doubled up that week. But we had Ivan's. That was awesome to hear about the great projects that are, are happening there. Um, Black Desert is something that everyone needs to be clued in and in on and excited about. It's going to be a, a big boon to our economy. Uh, this week, of course, uh, today with uh, Mayor uh, Chris Staley, we're excited to hear about his vision. You know, he served on the city council, now as mayor, and uh, has some really bold, fresh ideas uh, to grow Washington City. So we're excited to hear from him. We're excited to support him uh, in the city council uh, as they continue to grow and become more strategic in their economic planning uh, and supporting their businesses and in Santa Clara. Uh, will be our next one. So we're, we're, we love doing this rotation to see what's going on in each of these area cities. It helps businesses plan and better understand how they may want to expand or open a new location or how they may want to interact with these different cities. Um, but just great to hear that vision and, and perspective from our elected officials. We had Chris Hard on uh, the program last Thursday after his State of the City address in Ivins, and tomorrow we have Chris Staley on to kind of wrap up a Washington City week, and we'll talk about uh, some of the things that he talked about today. But I'm looking forward to actually hearing from him over there at the uh, dance hall at uh, Cotton Town over there in, in Washington City. Uh, and uh, you're even catering lunch. So, uh, yeah, if folks want to come over, get registered, go to, uh, uh, what's your website again, stgeorgechamber.com? Yep, stgeorgechamber.com. Uh, I think we've got a few seats left, but this one is going to be packed. So we're we're expecting a sold-out um, audience. So I would encourage anyone who wants to attend, probably got about 30 minutes to get your purchase of last-minute ticket if we, if we have any left, so. Let's talk about one other thing that is, uh, and we only have a couple of minutes left with you, Don, but one one thing that is a big deal here in St. George, I don't know, I, I haven't lived in a lot of other communities out of Washington County, at least not for about 30 years, but I know the St. George Area Parade of Homes is a big deal in this town. Uh, tell us how it affects everything that you do, Don. Oh, it's a huge deal, and we're proud to be partners with Southern Utah Home Builders Association. You know, we always look forward every year. Um, to this event. It, it showcases our amazing businesses in the construction sector, um, in design. It, it's really just an awesome showpiece, uh, but it really has emerged as the prominent, you know, the parade of homes in the state of Utah. So, uh, you know, when I moved here, one thing someone said is, oh, if you're a local, you leave town during the parade of homes. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand that until the first parade of homes. And it, it truly felt like this tidal wave just emerged on on our community here. So it's a massive economic driver. You know, our hotels will be filled. Our businesses will be busy. Restaurants will be full. Um, and so it's exciting. You know, it gives us another chance to showcase um, all the great things of this community and to highlight our businesses, really to showcase uh, what's happening. So we encourage all of our businesses to be ready for it, you know, stock up all, the, all of our restaurants to not run out of food. We have, we saw that during Ironman mm-hmm. where some of them ran out of food. And it's tough with supply chain issues, but this is a big moment for, for our community every year. Um, and uh, we're especially excited this year, uh, you know, as we come, come out of COVID, uh, you know, it's, it's 
there's going to be its ups and downs, but this year really feels like the first year where it's going to be um, back to normalcy for this this parade. There's also going on, man, we are short on time, but I wanted to mention the uh, Love Where You Live, Pick Up Trash. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, we're, we're excited. Our Love Where You Live service project is going to uh, help in collecting uh, trash off of Southern Utah Parkway. Uh, this is an annual project that we've uh, implemented as part of our uh, Chamber Serves Committee, and all the details for that can be found on our website, so just stgeorgechamber.com. We invite everyone to register for it just so that we can plan uh, and know how to allocate all these uh, volunteers out. But our Chamber Serves Committee puts together these mon- monthly projects, and we invite the entire community to be a part of it um, and businesses to send their employees. So it's one less thing that a business has to think about. They just have to they just have to send employees to, to go participate, and it's a great opportunity to give back and, and to keep our, our community clean. So I invite everyone to come out. But all those details are on the website, stgeorgechamber.com. All right. Well, Don, thank you for representing uh, Southern Utah at the legislature and trying to uh, make sure that uh, all of the, all of our business owners here are taken care of. I know that's uh, that's a full time job for you. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and we're we're proud to do it. We're thrilled to do it. Um, but we are we're, we stand as that voice to support, represent, and advocate for our businesses. Um, and we're we're lucky to to have that responsibility. Hey, I, I need to let you go. Got to get a weather break. And anything else you want to add before I let you go? Now we'll we'll keep you posted as we come to close. We've got two weeks left in the session, um, so we'll be providing updates on our email list and on our website. So invite everyone to follow us on our website and social media. They can track and see what's going on and weigh in as well. So invite everyone to do that. Very cool. He's Don Willie, CEO of the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you, Don. Thank you. This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next. Yeah, it was Clay Travis. Cool to hear from him. Not Randy Travis. That'd be even cooler, but that was Clay Travis. Anyway, I'm Andy Griffin. This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 92.5 KDXU. One of the things that when we switched uh, our FM signal from 94.9 to 92.5 was I had to go find all the different times that 94.9 was mentioned on our station and try to weed them all out. And uh, by the way, Brett Pruitt is here. Hi, Brett. Doing all right, man? I'll push your red button on mic one. Must have gotten turned off. You there now? Not working? All right. Well, let's bring you in here, man. We, we, you got to do what you got to do. And I know I might get yelled at, but I'd rather have you in here on the air than in there off the air. So, uh, again, uh, Brett Pruitt with us today. And, uh, Brett, uh, welcome to uh, – let me push the red button here and get you on the air now. All these red buttons. Yeah, you're here now. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, uh, yeah, so – uh, I had to find all the little 94 nines because we switched to 92.5 and I thought I had them all. And I'm telling you, man, even now, and we've, the switch is what, two and a half, three weeks in, uh-huh. I still find there's a, like, it'll be like at, at two fourteen in the morning sure. and, and it'll play 94 nine. I'm like, no, not another one. So <laughs> like a needle in a haystack. Absolutely. And there's only so. how many mentions? Yeah, like a lot, a lot. So anyway, I think we even have our studio switched over. We have a new uh, logo, uh, what do they call those, on, on the wall. And uh, we're, we're getting there. So we're, we're almost all the way there. Uh, thank you, Brett Pruitt, for coming in yeah. today. Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply and Firearms University. First, let me compliment you on uh, on the job, a great job you did teaching the class. Thank you. Uh, Counter-criminal psychology class. 
We had a great crowd. Were you nervous at all having that many people in the room? Not really. I was excited. Yeah. Um, I could feel an energy in there. People yeah, there wanted to be there, so it was good. And I, I, I'm happy that they wanted to be there. I think that's an important class that we teach. Um, and so hopefully they got something from it. Uh, and, and it was a variety. I, you know, it's funny. When I was walking in with my wife, and she, she had come from work, so mm-hmm. she was still in a dress. Yep. And I told her, I said, well, honey, you're going to be the only one there in a dress. And she she said, no, I saw, I saw another lady walking in with her husband. And I said, well, I, I think there will be a couple of other women there, but you're, you'll be the only one wearing a dress. Everybody else is going to be wearing jeans. And she said, ah, there will be women. And, and I was like, I think it's going to be mostly guys. We got in there. There was, the, what, 20 women sure. in that class yep. at least yep. uh, out of the 50 or 60 that were there. Uh, and, and so that that's got to tell us something, right? I, I mean – not that women are afraid, but that women are maybe taking their own fate in their own hands. Right. They're they're taking personal responsibility for their own security. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it used to be um, the man provided security. A lot of women, my father's generation and especially my grandfather's generation, mm-hmm. men, women spent 90% of their time at home. They were, they were uh, housewives. Yeah. And... Um, when they weren't at home, they were at church or the grocery store. And so they really didn't have a huge need for personal protection outside of the home, especially if you're living in a smaller community. Everybody knows everybody. You're not out all hours of the night. And now women are in the workforce. They, they're out all hours of the night because they work certain shifts or whatnot. They're providing um, sometimes they're the primary breadwinner in the right, family. Right. And so now they're taking personal responsibility for their own safety, their own security, and um, it, it makes complete sense to me. They're the fastest-growing segment in uh, firearms owners uh, right. nationwide. And and a lot of those women were, yes, there with their husbands, but mm-hmm. a lot of those women were there on their own. Yep. Uh, in, in one friend of mine was there. He it was he he and his wife, and his two daughters who mm-hmm. were both you know eighteen or older. Yep. And, and it so it was you know that was a ratio of three women to one guy. You know? <laughs> so I mean to me it really it really said a lot. And I was actually really happy to see that. In fact, as you open it up for questions and comments and stuff, usually you have a few guys say the same. You, know, you have the same questions. They yep. say the same things. There was a lot of interaction with the women. Uh, hey, I have a question about this. Hey, explain this part to me or yep. whatever. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. And yeah. um, it was wonderful to see. Um, like you said, we had 18-year-old women there. We had 70-year-old women there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the age range varied on the men as well. So it was good to see. And uh, I'm glad people are taking a, a personal interest in their, their own safety. One thing we haven't talked that much about is is your background. Uh, I think that was a key part of, of and a good part of the class was you were able to explain to uh, uh, the people in the class mm-hmm. uh, from somewhat of an area uh, an era of authority because you had been there. You had you 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 were a, a law enforcement officer. You were a trainer. You did all you had had these experiences. Where if a guy came in and he just simply owns a gun and yeah. tried to teach that class, that wouldn't work. <laughs> it's uh... Yeah, so so certain experiences give you more authority um, on certain topics, and mm-hmm. and I was I was in law enforcement for a number of years. I was an academy trainer. I've been through gobs and gobs of training. Uh, I've done 
not as much research as someone with a PhD, but I've done tons of research on on criminal psychology. You at least have your master's. <laughs> something. <laughs> um, so yeah, I um, I know a little bit about it, and one of the comments I got that that people appreciated is they did appreciate I was able to bring those um, scenarios mm-hmm. in or those mm-hmm. stories in to kind of reinforce the points in the class. And um, I think it's important if if you're going to teach something to have a little bit of a personal knowledge or background in in what you're teaching, and it, it makes you a more effective teacher for sure. Uh, you told a story about a, an incident that, well, it ended up being not that big of an, an incident, but it could have been up up in Pine Valley. Was it Pine Valley? Up, uh, at Colob Reservoir. Colob Reservoir. Okay, yep. yeah, wrong direction. Yeah. So um, uh, tell us a little bit about that one. Well business partner and i were delivering a safe uh to a cabin up there so you're out kind of in the middle of yeah colob terrace nowhere. there's not yeah. a lot of houses close together there's not really neighborhoods or anything and he's the only cabin in this particular area mm-hmm. and good friend of ours um you know colby's known him for decades and uh we're delivering a safe and we get done delivering the safe and this black car pulls in very quickly to the cul-de-sac and there's no other houses around no other houses and immediately my brain says that's not right yeah there was a disturbance in the the back of your neck yeah start to go up a little this did not jive with the baseline as we discussed Mm -hmm. in the class and so um i so i immediately went to a higher level of of uh alertness alertness yes (laughs) and uh (laughs) The gentleman we were delivering the safe to walked up to the car, and the, the driver of the car steps out, and I noticed his hand go under his shirt towards his waistline. Uh-oh. Now, he didn't pull anything out, but that is not normal behavior when you're discussing having a conversation with someone else. Right. And he was asking uh, the cabin owner if he had a light hmm. again. Something out in the middle of nowhere, up up by the lake in a cabin, and a guy drives up in a dark car and wants a a light. Right. And this is classic mugging behavior. Mm -hmm. Initiate a conversation, catch them off guard, and then attack. And so as soon as he got out of the car and put his hand towards his waistline, um, I went to the gun. I didn't draw the gun. I didn't point the gun at anybody. Um, but, but I made it clearly known that there was a gun in play at that point. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman was focused on the cabin owner and he looked over at me and we locked eyes and he knew immediately what was going to happen, uh, if he enacted his plan, at which time he put both of his hands up in the air, palms facing me and said, Oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and leave now. Mm-hmm. And he proceeded to get in his car and take off very quickly. So, that's the importance of situational awareness. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything other than let the bad guy know, I know what you're doing, mm-hmm. and something bad is going to happen if you continue. And so you can avoid a dangerous situation. Nobody wins in a gunfight. You can do everything right in a gunfight and still lose. So the best way to win it is not be in it in the first place. Right. Avoid it. Avoid yeah. it. Yeah, good point. Now, we don't know uh, after the fact if, in fact, he was a bad guy. He had a gun. We, th- there's no way to know None. 
the absolute truth of what was going to happen, but it certainly seemed like yeah, something my, bad was going to happen. My spidey sense has never let me down, and my spidey sense told me something <laughs> was about to happen. Something was about to happen. Let's talk about spidey sense. You mentioned spidey sense. You mentioned the disturbance in the force. I don't want to give away your whole class, but I do want to talk a little bit because I tried to explain baseline a little bit mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago after the class, and I did a terrible job of it. And I thought, well, let's okay. get the expert in here to explain exactly what we're talking about. Uh, and then uh, and, and we'll talk about a couple of other interesting topics. Topics. Uh, we're talking with Brett Pruitt from Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply. And, uh, yeah, firearms and responsibility you have to owning. Right now, let's uh, take a quick break. Oh, chance to thank Joe Shoney. Thank you so much, Joe Shoney, for sponsoring this program and being a part of things uh, here on KDXU. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant. His specialty is customer service, so much so that you go online to experience.com. And out of uh, 607 verified reviews, he has 4.9 out of 5-star uh uh, score that that folks is really really good uh, and if you start scrolling down you can see 5.0 5.0 5.0 really really does a nice job and the reason why is because he cares about you and he cares about seeing the loan all the way through instead of just filling out some pa- paperwork and letting it go give him a call today if you're interested maybe do a refi before those interest rates go back up it's 435-590-6300 Joe Shoney is a loan consultant, NMLS 121041. Seems like it goes so fast. Already 949 on KDXU, Andy Griffin Show, and Brett Pruitt is here from Rowdy's Range talking gun safety. And one of the things that fascinated me uh, in that counter-criminal psychology class was your talk about uh, normalcy, the baseline, everyday life. We all have routines. In mm-hmm. fact, most guys I know really like routine. Yes. They don't. They don't like things to be changed. They don't like different stuff. I'm that way. Uh, that's why when we changed radio frequencies, I was like, no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so and, and so we know how things are supposed to be. And, yep. and you talked about that. Even like it, like if we go to Walmart, we know there's going to be cars and people and movement. But it, there's not going to be groups of people, and there's not going to be really a bunch of cars, you know, jammed together or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and then with that baseline that you talked about, uh, if something's off, if something's different, we should start to get a really uneasy feeling. Will you explain that maybe a little better than I just did, Brett? No, you did an excellent job. The um, All of us know the normal humdrum of what we do, and most people mm-hmm. are, um, like you say, routine followers. They Put the same sock on the same foot first every day. That's true. We don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. You drive the same way to work every Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's hilarious. I was in law enforcement. If an on-ramp to the freeway was shut down, people couldn't figure out how to get on the freeway. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, how how do I get on the freeway? (laughs) There's another one two miles down. There's several on-ramps to the freeway here. Yeah. So we are creatures of habit for sure, and all of us are whether you want to admit it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So we recognize how things should normally be. Also, criminal behavior is surprisingly consistent across cultures, across nationalities. Yes. So if I'm in Beijing or Tokyo or St. George, bad guys... Criminals behave like criminals, yes. And so recognizing criminal behavior as criminal behavior is important. But again recognizing the baseline no matter where you're at Mm -hmm. so if you're in paris france and you're on the bus and some lady walks up to you with a crying baby and then throws the crying baby at you 
This is not the baseline. That's normal. That's not <laughs> normal. Yeah. Not normal. Okay. And this is a pickpocket technique they use in, really? in different parts Catch of the world. Catch the baby, they grab your stuff. Yeah, and, and then yeah. they grab the baby. So, yeah. anyway, um, paying attention to the baseline and what I emphasize in the class is not ignoring deviations from the baseline. Hmm. That's what gets us in trouble. A black car pulling up in a cul-de-sac where there's only one cabin and he has no business being there is a deviation from the baseline. It may not be a criminal act. It may not be anything. But had I just said, oh, there's a black car and turned around and walked back in the garage and not paid attention to it, something, another outcome could have mm-hmm. been the result. And so ignoring deviations from what we know is normal will get you in trouble really, really quick. And so um, it, it, that's where I see when people get in trouble, they ignored a deviation from the baseline. Hmm. And so that's why I tried to really pound that point in the class. I, I was given an example by one of the students. He goes, hmm. one of the tricks people use to uh, mug people in parking lots is they'll put an empty water bottle in their Oh, right, wheel. right, right. And that way, when you back up, you hear that plastic crunching, cracking, all of that. And you and get out of your car. You get out of your car, and then they grab you. Or your car, or, or whatever. Or your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and he, so he used that. At, well, what if, what if that happened? And I said, well, when you pulled in, you knew there wasn't noise coming from your car. When you pull out, if you notice there's noise coming from your car. You know that's a deviation from the baseline. Um, Be aware. Well, people don't want to assume everything is nefarious behavior. Sure. But at the same time, criminals, you know, criminals figure out new and different ways to get what they want all the time. And so if you're going to stop and check and see what that noise is, Make sure you know your surroundings before you do so. Um, or drive somewhere away from there and, and give it a try there. Yeah, you know, it, it, a good point there, too, is the surroundings. If you're in a super busy parking lot, yeah. that's probably not going to happen because they're not going to try to pull that when there's too many witnesses right. around. And uh, one of the other things I thought was really fascinating about your class was the uh, the the idea that the bad guy is always going to look for the easiest mm-hmm. uh, path, the easiest mark, right. as as it were. And I never thought about it this way, but you said uh, it, study after study has shown that when the when the bad guys are looking for uh, who they're going to to yep. do whatever to, uh, little things like walking confidently actually really matter. It do, it does matter. And um, every study done, we covered the Grayson Stein study, we covered the USCCA study, uh, the number one factor in a criminal not choosing someone as a victim is they exude confidence. Wow. Um, making eye contact, looking around, knowing where you're going. That's amazing. Yeah. You know it, that? I, I mean, I, and, and you said it doesn't even matter. It could be a big burly guy or a little teeny female. Yep. It doesn't matter. The, what matters is the confidence end of it. Exactly. And predators are predators in any species. Mm-hmm. Predators look for weak prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a risk-benefit analysis to them. 
And so the weaker the prey, the more they stand to gain and the less injury they stand to sustain. Sure. And so that's what they're looking for. Uh, did get a text. Somebody wanted to know about the uh, the Remington uh, settlement case and what effect that will have. And maybe you can explain that a little bit. It's not going to have much effect at all. Remington uh, sold off it, parts of its business. Its ammunition manufacturing went to Vista Outdoors, which manufactures federal spear, those lines of ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then its rifle um, line went to Ruger, uh, and those were sold off two years ago. Um, and so it's not going to affect the Remington products. The Vista is still going to bring out Remington green and white box, UMC ammo, and it'll be Remington ammo. And Ruger is going to make Remington um, rifles and whatnot. And Ruger also bought Marlin, I think. So it won't have any effect on the, uh, the gun business much. Okay, uh, we got. I think we yeah we got about two minutes left. Uh, South, I got time to squeeze you in, buddy. What's going on? Yes, I wonder if um, uh, your guest has heard of something called left of bang. Left of bang? I have not. What does that mean? It's a uh, before the gunfire, and it's about the same things you're talking about. Uh, a Delta Force friend of mine suggested i read it it's a combat kind of uh and it works for all situations exactly the same thing you've got to be aware of how you need a baseline of behavior and then you've got to decide what it is and how you're going to mitigate it as best you possibly can so uh there is more information available about this it's the book looks like a, a training manual for the U.S. Uh, military. Left of Bang, is that what you called it? Left of Bang, and let me recommend that. And uh, it's exactly about situational awareness and your spidey sense. And um, I highly recommend that people become aware in all areas about what is really open your eyes and be aware. Awesome. Thank you, Seth, for the for the phone call and the information. Left to bang. We'll have to I check do that like out. to read. Yeah, like I said, this class was based on a lot of research done uh, from Lawrence Gonzalez and his books, Deep Survival and Everyday Survival and whatnot. But uh, all right, real quick, one more phone call. We got about a minute left. What's up? Okay, great. Um, I'll make it quick. It was about say ten o'clock at night, and I pulled into the Smiths parking lot down on Bluff, and mm-hmm. I just needed to run in. Well, before I opened my door, a white van pulled up right close. Like if I tried to open my door, it'd be hard to get out. It had four adult men in it. Oh, boy. And, boy, you talk about the hair on the back of my neck. Your spidey sense was was going strong, huh? Oh, yeah. boy, was it. I, thank goodness, started my car again and moved it. And uh, then I watched to see where they went, and they pulled out of the parking lot. Good. You didn't good ignore that deviation. Good That's move. good. Got to oh, run. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Thank you for welcome. the call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it happens right here in Little don't, Old St. George. Don't ignore your spidey sense. He's Brett Pruitt. You can see him uh, most days at Rowdy's Range and Shooter Supply. I, I have yet to see Brett out on the range. I want to see how good a shot he really is. Maybe someday. Huh? Absolutely. All right. 959 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for coming on, Brett, and uh, thanks for listening, folks.